What's up everybody? Dan Binder Boneyard coming at you from the office desk of doom and dread and despair um, just because I guess that's what happens. Uh, it is a gloomy Saturday afternoon here. Uh, no rain today but gray, gross. Uh, I'm in the office break room, bathroom, lunchroom, dog kennel, part storage, uh, temporary housing unit uh like always been selling a lot of stuff the uh, nos parts pile is getting a little smaller um the dog hair is getting a little deeper i think it's time to sweep um but first thing i wanted to do is say thank you everybody um patreon supporters uh pledges you guys are great uh thank you like i said before even if it's just a dollar uh enough dollars make a lot of dollars so thank you uh much appreciated i'm i'm so grateful when i get those notifications that somebody else has pledged you know support for the show so thank you um so grateful uh the youtube channel subscriptions awesome thank you uh i know i haven't put out any content in a little bit but uh, uh we're working on it um, you know, all you guys that like and follow on the socials and talk about, you know, the Boneyard to other people suggesting us for part sales and pieces and advice and whatnot, um, greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, I just, you know, I don't know if I can say thank you enough to everybody that's supporting and sharing the word. Uh, you know, it, it just, it goes a long ways, uh, you know, and, and I'm trying to build a legacy here. I, I think that's the thing that people, you guys are starting to realize and wrap your head around is that I'm not just a guy in a barn selling parts so that he can buy drugs, um, even though that's what a lot of people think, I think. Uh, <laughs> I am trying to create something larger and I don't mean larger like a larger business, although that would be nice. I mean larger like a resource for international enthusiasts for a long time to come. And yeah, it might be through the boneyard and buying parts, but it's also through the amount of knowledge that I've racked up over the years it's the knowledge I learn every day. I'm still learning stuff. I don't, I don't ever think I'm going to know at all about internationals ever. So uh, every day is a new day of learning experience. But I'm trying to make something here that will stand the test of time. Uh, you know, we used to think that would be the way with like the Binder Bulletin, uh, which don't go to that website, please, because I think it's owned by someone else now. Uh, it morphed into Binder Planet and... Binder Planet has since it's really started to fade away. And I know anybody that's over like 45 will send me hate mail right now because they love the Binder Planet. Uh, and the Binder Planet used to be an excellent resource for information. But like any forum site, 
uh, it has become bloated with hundreds of threads of the same thing so that when you search, you end up finding the first 40 threads are your question and no real answer sometimes. Uh, it's not until you get back into like the, the threads from 2006 do you actually get the answer that you're looking for. Um, but the other thing is, is the way that the world is going, um, people just aren't using forum sites. They, it was, it's easier to go to Facebook, ask a question, get an answer. Uh, and yeah, Facebook is becoming searchable to an extent, but um, people just continue to ask over and over again the same stuff, which is annoying and irritating to a lot of us guys. And that's why we just don't respond sometimes to the, the Facebook questions. But, um, you know, the forum sites are just, they were a great resource at one time. And they still have like the archives at Binder Planet are good. Some of those articles are... <laughs> 20 years old now almost uh and there's been improvements in certain things but for the most part the the archives are still good at binder planet same with pirate 4x4 pirate used to be fucking awesome that website had so much tech so much innovation so many crazy new ideas came out of pirate it was the place to be and the last time i was there it made me ill to see how far that place has sunk, um, you know, and and some of it is the uh, well, like the trailer park and the general uh, discussion stuff is still pretty funny, but for the most part, the for the tech sites have really lost a lot of their poop. And again, that's the uh, same thing, you know, that became so bloated with people asking the questions over and over that when you finally got to search, it was, um, it, it was tough. You couldn't uh, find what you're looking for because there were so many wrong answers or people asking the same question or whatever. So, um, so what I'm trying to do here is create a place for people to go and ask questions uh, and get answers specifically for them, maybe. Uh, because I know you can just search around and be like, how do you time a 304? And you'll, you'll find it. But, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to create a business here that will stand the test of time and not, I'm not just trying to make money off of the international community. I hope that makes sense. I know I got kind of rambly there, but, um, I, I just want to build a legacy and I don't have kids. I don't have much family. Uh, my dogs die about every 12 years. So I don't have much to leave. I don't, I'm not leaving anything behind to anybody. Uh, so my hope is that maybe when I'm 90 and I kick off that I'll have some sort of museum or historical site or, well, by then it might be a fucking super fun cleanup site but the government the epa will shut me down but who knows um i'm just hoping that it can be something and that's that's what i want i'm not doing this some i've been accused of trying to do this so that i can like be famous or be popular or be whatever and and that's not true i don't i don't want to be famous i just want to help the brand help international, help 
keep people aware of these things and give them a resource so that they can um, keep them on the road themselves, maybe. Uh, so, so that's why I do this. So the Patreon support is nice. The shares and the likes and the word spreading is nice. So thank you um, again. Appreciate it. Calendar, birthday cruise, March 16th through the 19th, 2019. Bakersfield, California, Route 66, heading east. International vehicles, welcome. Let me know if you want to go. Email me, binderboneyardpodcast at gmail, or hit me up on the social medias. Another thing, I'm going to rant about myself. Um, if you don't know me, or don't pay enough attention to me, or don't understand me, uh, I drink a shitload of monster energy drinks. And not the black can with the green M on it. I drink the white can with the silver M, which is the zero. It's Monster Zero. No calories, no sugar, no nothing. It's pretty much caffeine-laced Sprite. Uh, and I've been drinking a lot of it. Uh, the stress from everything and just work and sleep schedule and whatnot. I've been drinking two to three cans a day. Uh, almost every day and guaranteed at least one can a day, but two to three cans a day. And my chest was starting to hurt, uh, on a regular basis. And the last couple of days it had been all day, uh, never went away. And I don't just mean like tightness of chest. I mean, I could feel my heart beat in a way that it did not normally beat. Uh, so <laughs> this morning, I did not have a monster. I had some other caffeinated drinks that had less caffeine than the monsters do because they had a metric shitload. And so I'm a little bit out of sorts. I'm kind of irritable, a little bit cranky, kind of tired. Um, I'm rambling. I'm scatterbrained. I about tipped over earlier walking around in the yard. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely going through some withdrawals and whatnot. So, this podcast might be kind of out there all over the place. I mean, I've already started off on a weird jag. So, uh, <laughs> but a couple things I want to talk about that have caught me caught my fancy lately. Um, other repair shops calling me for advice on how to do stuff. Uh, engine shop in Texas wanted another harmonic dampener because the one that they got obviously had the wrong timing mark on it. The, the line was in the wrong spot or something. And you dig a little bit deeper, come to find out they're timing it off of the number one cylinder. Anybody that's ever owned an international, looked at an international valve cover or anything, it says right on it, time on number eight. All right? I don't care if you're new to this or not. Say it, say it after me. Time on number eight. Okay. I understand that the firing order on the intake manifold starts with one. And then goes eight and whatever makes the circle around. Clockwise, by the way. But you time the fuckers on number eight. 
And if you don't, they will not run. You'll always be off. So this shop was banging their head against the wall because they couldn't figure out what was why the timing wasn't lining up. Well, that's why. Um, had a shop call me looking for advice on the front ends because a customer brought them a front axle and they wanted a cut and turn done. And they said, okay, we can do it. And then realized what was involved in it and called me and asked me how I would do it. And, uh, you know, I think I'm slightly flattered that they do that because that means, you know, I'm, I don't know, getting popular, but at the same time, it's kind of a slap in the face because, excuse me, because I work really hard at gaining the knowledge, doing the work, being the best at it. And then some other shop calls me and is like, Hey man, tell me how to do this and I won't pay you, you know, and, and I can be a dick and just be like, no, go fuck yourself. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna tell you how to do this. But I don't want to get that reputation either. I don't want to get the reputation of the asshole that withholds every information and all the stuff. So, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of torn when I get those calls. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm I guess I'm just a nice guy and I'll answer the question most time. Uh, it's the it's the um, it's the guys that buy parts from another shop. Like, this is my biggest pet peeve. Don't fucking call me. Ask me for a valve cover. I tell you it's $30 plus shipping. And you go, oh, God, that's too much. Then two weeks later, you call me back and say, hey, um, how do I put this valve cover on? Because you know what? I remember most of you guys' phone numbers, most of your that I've talked to you, I remember. I might not remember your name, but I remember stuff. And if you fucking call me and ask me how to assemble something, put something on, that you purchased at another shop after you got a quote from me on it, I will tell you to fuck yourself. Because that's bullshit. And any of you guys that think that that's okay to do that really need to fucking check your head uh, because it, it's true. Like, don't do that. And don't do that to other shops. Don't buy shit from me because I know my used parts prices are pretty cheap. Don't buy shit from me and then call IH Parts or Super Scout or whoever and ask how to put it on, how to put it together because it's... Uh, yeah, you're, it's just a terrible thing to do. It's poor etiquette, and it's a slap in the face. So don't, uh, don't fucking do that. And if you're going to take your rig to another shop, do some homework. Make sure that they're decent. Make sure the shop, you know, if they're not an international shop, look in there and see if there's a mechanic that's at least 55. Uh, he might have some experience on internationals if he's been in it that long. Um, same with the parts store. Whenever you go to the parts store, try to find the old man. It knows how to look through the books. Uh, I know that's kind of stereotypical and uh, age. Uh, what do you call that? 
ageism, <laughs> you know, where you, you're whatever, it's whatever it is. But I'm just saying the old guys normally have some experience in this stuff, but you know, not always. I've met some old guys that were uh, new to the parts game and were stupid when it came to using the books and talking to people. So um, just do your homework on those shops, you know, make sure, ask them certain questions to, and it'll let you know whether they know what they're doing or not. And I know sometimes all you can talk to is the service writer and that guy, you know, he might not be as knowledgeable as the rest of the guys in the shop, but just try and do your homework, figure that stuff out. Uh, because yeah, I, they're just going to end up calling me or worse yet, you guys take your shit to a shop. They call you and tell you they can't figure it out. And then you call me and tell me to call your shop. That sucks too. Um, because that's kind of a bullshit move. So, you know, I'll do it, but you know, I'm going to get a lot less helpful in the future if that's the route that you go. But anyway, just trying to help keep these things on the road and feed myself too. Uh, and not necessarily myself. I got, you know, two employees I got to feed and they always come first. They, I will not eat so that they can eat. So um, if you're trying to get free stuff out of me and you know that you're trying to get free stuff out of me, then I'm going to, I'm going to cut that off. So um what else did I see? Oh, the conversion stuff. It just seems like a crazy coincidence. I'd made that the podcast today, Saturday, um, about the conversion costs and swaps and things and thinking about stuff. And now I see there's a couple of threads on the Facebooks about it. And um, it's so funny how guys will grab a hold of something and not let go of it. Like these fucking guys with their small block Chevy is $100. I can put it in with a $200 adapter and you're going to get 25 miles to the gallon and every part's going to be available on the shelf and you're wasting your time going with anything else. It just doesn't pencil. And, uh, you know, that's not true. And anytime these guys start spouting off about being able to do a complete drivetrain conversion with a new engine or whatever for less than a thousand bucks, they're no, you can't. Don't don't listen um, because they're just talking out their ass, and they're not professionals. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they are not skilled professional mechanics, and even more so, the guys that are talking shit have no experience whatsoever with conversions. All they're doing is regurgitating what they read on Facebook or Binder Planet. Uh, very, there's like, in my whole life of using forum sites, I've seen about three builds where guys actually posted their receipts and their experience doing engine conversions themselves. And by the time you get it done, you're damn near up there with the same price as the, you know, the diesel engine that gets you better mileage. Um, you know, and that, and that same goes with suspension. Uh, I've seen that a ton, ton, a ton of times. Guys say, I don't want to spend $900 on a lift kit, so I'm going to go and do a spring over because spring overs are cheap. I can just use all of my same parts and do a spring over. And 99.9% .9 of the time, they come out like shit. If they finish them at all, uh, very rarely do springovers get finished. 
that I've seen from Joe Schmo Facebook user. Uh, they almost always they do the rear end super fast. Like that's easy. You fucking grind the perches off, weld them back on top if you're that cheap, and uh, and then spring the rear end over, and you're done. The front end, you got crazy cast housing to deal with. You've got other shit to deal with. And uh, they don't think about it until they're halfway into it. And then they realize they're in over their head. They scab something together. It looks like shit, whatever. Um, and so their their idea of a cheap springover involves tons of labor and parts they're going to have to buy anyways. Uh, and it just... It doesn't work out to do a spring over a cheap quote unquote cheap spring over. Um, you're looking, you know, at, at three grand worth of stuff. And I know you're rolling your eyes cause it's whatever, but that's high steer knuckles, high steer arms, uh, the crossover steering kit, drive shafts, U joints, um, extended brake lines, U-bolts, U-bolt plates, shock mounts, extended shocks, um, you know, all that stuff you uh, th that nobody thinks about when they're doing it because they think, oh, I'll just reuse the same shit. Well, what happens is the same shit doesn't work. Uh, you can't, the spring plates, all right, you put them on top of the spring, flip them around so the shocks line up. Problem is now your shock is like three inches long because it's compressed all the way to reach the to to fit the space so the shock doesn't work so you got to have a weld on shock mount uh you know the front that's a whole thing a lot of times when we do spring overs almost every time we use a gm front end that we narrow down to scout width and then do a cut and turn and opinion angle adjustment while we're at it because uh it's the same because it needs to get done if you're going to do that, if you're going to go to all the trouble to do this lift and a spring over gets you like five inches, it's a, it's a substantial lift. Um, do the cut and turn, do the pinion angle adjustment do it so that the thing will work right. Uh, spring overs, they're my favorite lift. They work wonderfully. They are flexy. They ride nice. They handle good. They get you plenty of lift. You'll clear 33s with them. You, you know, you're, you're using stock springs, so things are still available. Uh, I always use an extended shackle whenever I do a spring over just to help with the, the travel because they will travel a little bit longer with a longer shackle. So, yes, a cheap spring over ends up being the most expensive of lifts when you do it correctly. And I don't fucking want to hear about your Z-bars and all that stuff because you fucking guys and your Z-bars, no, you don't. It's not right. It's not. And I know factory Jeeps and shit come with bent tie rods and drag links and you see them out on the trail, they're bent. They're fucked. That never fails. There's, that's why the, the aftermarket is full of steering upgrades for all those models. It's because bent tie rods fucking bend. Like seriously, what do you think is going to happen to your pre-bent tie rod and drag link? 
They will bend when you use them. And I hear you guys, oh, no, I wheel all the time. I fucking wheel the shit out of it. I've seen what you wheel. That's not that hard. Your, your ruddy mud hole with some water in it, not that hard. You run that Z-bar down the Rubicon, drive across the street, and then wheel four dice. You do winch hill one, two, and three. You tell me how long that Z-bar lasts, because I guarantee you it won't. Uh, and if it does, then you're going to have something else broken. But, you know, I've been there. Do it right. High steer, crossover steering, that's the only way to do it. And by doing it that way, it eliminates a lot of bump steer and weird handling. So, anyway, I'm sorry this, this rant turned into a suspension talk. But uh, think about your conversion stuff. It, sometimes it is a hell of a lot easier to just do the tried and true method instead of trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, if you're, you know, like I said, with the motor swaps and whatnot, just rebuild the goddamn thing if you're trying to save money. Because in the end, your cheap small block Chevy swap is not going to be cheap. Uh, if you're going to do an aftermarket engine update, um, just throw your checkbook out the window because no matter what, it's all going to be expensive. So uh, at that point, you're just fucking splitting hairs and it's not worth it to fret over what, you know, what's a thousand dollars here and there when, uh, you know, in the grand scheme when you're spending 20 grand anyways, things to consider like that. Uh, and if something's too good to be true, then this is the old, uh, it's tr true across the board. Too good to be true probably is. Your cheap spring over, most expensive way to go. Your cheap small block Chevy swap, probably going to end up expensive. Your, uh, you know, discount tires or whatever, discount brake job usually ends up being more expensive in the end. Uh, so just buy the good shit. Do your homework. Do it right. If there's something you want to do, fucking do it. Don't let the internet sway you because of whatever, unless it's just a retarded idea. And I will tell you that. If you call me and you're like, hey man, I want to put a straight eight Duesenberg in my scout, I'm going to tell you to shut up and you know go to a different shop. But if you're keeping it within the realm of normal possibilities, do what you want. If you want an LS, fucking do it. You want a four-cylinder Cummins, do it. You want to put a fucking power stroke in your scout, great. That's a lot of work. Good luck, but whatever. Don't let the internet sway you. Um, and, you know, and if you've already got your heart set on something, don't ask about other options and then argue about your option because then it just shows that's all you wanted to do in the first place. So anyway, hopefully this rambling rant session made sense. Uh, <laughs> thank you again for all the support. Find me on all the socials, Binder Boneyard, pretty much across the board. I'm even on goddamn Snapchat. I don't know how that works or how to use it, but all I know is that I send my lady friend pictures of me with a funny face every once in a while. But um, yeah, I'm across the board there. Uh, Binder Boneyard podcast, if you want to email me and tell me I suck. Uh, you know, where else am I? Well, just the usuals everywhere you can reach out and get me. Um, the Binder Boneyard Facebook page is going to get a lot of updated information here pretty soon. You're going to start seeing a lot of stuff there. So I uh, appreciate you guys very much. Um, and I am super grateful 
for everything. So till uh, I'm back on here again, I love you. <laughs>